he's got a chode crack pipe. Like, it's it's offensive. But I'd rather talk about Baldur's Gate than, than, than Hunter Biden's crack pipe. And I hate D&D. We gave you wings and horns and tails, and all you did was just make this normal person. Beast World, Metal World, Shadow World, and then Bowser's fucking castle. Conan will end his sentence at preposition. Like a hellhound waifu that just won't go away. We're back again, people, and we're here to stay. This is Little Wars. <laughs> is this a slight nag at me? No, it's not. No, this is a nag oh. for one of our listeners, but uh, okay. let's do the introduction. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Little Wars, and uh, with me as always is my wonderful and beautiful friend, Jack Karanet, in a completely platonic way, of course. Of course. Yo, buddy, still alive. Absolutely still alive, still kicking. And filling the third seat role as PJ is john how you doing yo you know why they call me pj it's because i'm not wearing anything that was uh, an ace combat 2 or ace combat 0 reference and you ruined no. it <laughs> well, I, I don't play these games how am i supposed to know ace combat uh, 2 is is the most entertaining piece of media or one of the most entertaining okay. pieces of media ever made period well speaking of ace combat 2 what is your call sign good buddy me Oh, I'm Mongoose, the host. Yeah, you didn't introduce yourself. Oh, yeah, I, 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 oh, I always do that. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, daylight Who savings time. Who is I'm this? blaming. I'm blaming daylight savings time. I'm Mongoose, the guy with the the bad voice and the weird laugh. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the self-negging, uh, self-deferential humor. Oh, I'm so sorry about my voice. Uh, hey, look, if, if I don't do it, other people will. And, you know, I don't like it when mm. other people make fun of me. So if I beat them to the punch, it's unoriginal. Oh, my God, that's pathetic. All right. Um, <laughs> hey, <laughs> no, but I did appreciate say what you the will. Intro. At least it's an ethos. Yeah, OK, well, <laughs> say what I did you will about that the, intro. Uh, at least it was an intro. <laughs> <laughs> was it, though? All right. <laughs> he didn't even introduce himself. Was it really? Anyway. Um, no, but I did appreciate the introduction there because, uh, yeah, apparently we've got listeners who don't like Monster Girls. So this is going to be an Ooh. all Monster Girl episode. We have five topics here. Each of them is a specific Monster Girl. We're going to go in depth in the pros and cons of each girl. So if you don't like Monster Girls, I'd suggest you tune out. <laughs> All right, is it gone? Is it, uh, is is it gone? <laughs> Albino avian just dropped the podcast forever. <laughs> Good. Good. Get out. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That, okay. That's a wonderful way to go about it. I hate my listeners. Hasn't that been my thing the whole time? Let's be well, real. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> what are we pulling? A TRS thing? I don't know if this is like necessarily a TRS thing or, or if it's, I think this is just a John thing. John, you'll be wonder, you'll be happy to know that today, a guy, as we're recording this, some guy commented on the blog about how much he liked the ergonomics of D100 systems because he always knew the probability of success. <laughs> I don't like that because I don't like D100. <laughs> you know that. You know this. You know that. I, I, I'm not I happy about was, that. It was, a, uh, it was a happy, you know, or it was a sarcastic, you'll be pleased to know. I know you oh. don't like d100 and i know this makes you mad and uh, it's funny <laughs> they don't make me mad you know, there's the, just the, the nothing story, cool you the, can the, do with them the real story of this podcast is 
me and Jack are along for the ride, and we're we're, we're surrogates for a fight between John and the audience. No, really? no, that's not what this is. <laughs> this is a circus. This is a circus, and I am a caged tiger. And Jack and Mongoose are pajits with spears. <laughs> <laughs> that's what this is. Don't even along Ladies for the ride. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, you okay. are here right. at the Little Wars Three Ring Circus, live from New York City. <laughs> oh, gosh. <sighs> <sighs> okay. <laughs> That actually reminds me of a uh, audiobook. I've been listening to more of those uh, audiobooks from like the uh, the H.P. Lovecraft and Robert E. Howard and their oh, like yeah. their friend group. Did you know that H.P. Lovecraft gave a friend of his permission to write a story about H.P. Lovecraft in real life being up to spooky shit and then dying and it having like metaphysical ramifications in the real world? Holy shit! That's that's incredibly based. And not only that. H.P. Lovecraft then wrote a, a, a sequel to that story in which he had died. Uh, it was Robert. Uh, it's Robert Block is the name of one of his friends. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's, I think it was the uh, Shambler from the Stars was the first book. And in it, H.P. Lovecraft dies. And then like things start unraveling around him because it turns out H.P. Lovecraft actually was in on some like eldritch secrets. And then, yeah, Lovecraft wrote Haunter in the Dark as a sequel, which he dedicated to Block. And then later, Robert Block, after Lovecraft actually died, wrote a sequel to H.P. Lovecraft's sequel. <laughs> Dude, I had no idea. Yeah. This is yeah. insane. So, uh, yeah, an unrelated cool. news, I am looking for a piece of short fiction about John. Where he designs and plays a D100 system, which causes him so much mental stress, he dies. Okay. <laughs> Look. And then comes back I, and haunts I could the play, D100 I, for the record, creator. For the record, himself? I could play a D100 game. I have played D100 games. They are boring, but I could do it again. It doesn't drive me crazy. What if you get too into it? What but if it's not what cosmically if you, horrifying otherwise? What if you understand... <laughs> the tr the ugly truth under the d100 system okay all right that linearly that's scaling dumb, probability but... is like a way to adjust things so that's completely valid and normal and ergonomic no that's that's <laughs> uh, that's the problem d100 is so obvious and upfront and predictable it is boring as hell you might as well just be a calculator at that point it's just there's no fun in it there's no heart well, it, it takes the concept of resolution mechanic to its heart, and it says, we're just going to make the most mechanical resolution mechanic possible. Exactly. We're going to make the most boring thing possible. Great. Your game is boring. You did it. Well done. Okay. <laughs> Fine. But no, I, that, that actually makes me think of an interesting question, though. What would you guys say is the most insane or crazy or hard to wrap your mind around mechanic from any role-playing game or like core resolution system or dice system or whatever? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, oh, that is a that yeah, is a I'm good trying question. To think... What is the most insane mechanic in a game? Yeah, I'm trying to think of the ones that I've got in Pro here. Probably Sigmata. <laughs> That's it. Well, at... Sigmata is also boring, and it is it is it's weird. It, it, it's like it the, uses like you've got like a score from one deep... to five. Yeah, and... it, it uses pools of like coins, doesn't it? No, no, no. You've got scores of one to five, and the the um the number of your score is how many D6s get upgraded to D10s, and then you just count sixes as successes. Six or above, sorry, six or above as success. So that's it's kind of boring. You know what actually I think might be my answer is Shadowrun 6. Because mm. of the edge system. 
Hmm. Because of the because of the whole like you're comparing your attack rating or your your gear rating or whatever to the enemy's gear rating and then you're accruing edge and then you have like a four page spread of things to spend your edge on that sh that used to be just like normal combat actions instead. It's like it's like if you could only attack using bennies in Savage Worlds. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go and say the entirety of Pathfinder uh, 1E mm. and D&D 3.5's combat system <laughs> because mm. there are a lot of role-playing games where if you if you kind of half know how things work and you just think through it intuitively, you can do it. Yeah. Those games' combat are completely non-intuitive. Like, you just roll D20, bro. No, you don't, because then there's yeah. like half actions and sub at they're like 80 billion different kinds of actions Bonus that are action, modified. Bone yeah. No, just just, Gay just actions. See, that's I don't I don't know. I I grew up on Shadowrun 4, so all the different types of actions. I, I That's not that weird to me. I, I hate that. But, I hate that so much. Well, I'm not. I know. And I agree. It's not. I cut great. my teeth on war games. I'm like, OK, so you have phases. Yeah. Can we just do phases instead? And then you can like not do things in phases if you don't want to. Oh, no, non, that'd be too hard. Actions. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I mean, I I agree that that is it's it's not great, but I don't know if it's insane. Well, it makes me it made me insane when I played it. <laughs> it is, it is literally it is literally like the, the news media. It will oh. make you insane. Oh, I just. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not talk. Come on. People come here for a get away from that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're but, not um, going to. I don't think we've ever like other than like tongue in cheek ever like done serious political analysis yeah, no. on this podcast. No. Yeah. Other than no. like metapolitics. Yeah, just just casual <laughs> anti-Semitism and racism. That's yeah, all. I, I mean, and like anti anti libtard. We are anti libtard as well. Don't forget yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And anti neocon. I'm not, I'm not. I love libtards. Neocons are just another <laughs> form of libtards. Right. Neolibtards, yeah. Neolibtards got the ass. <laughs> but guys, I actually remembered what uh, my actual answer is uh, because I completely forgot this game exists. It's called oh, My Frog. Dogs in the Vineyard. Oh. <laughs> Dog Girls in the Vineyard? No, I unfortunately. Wish. It's actually about Mormon cowboys. That's That's like you took a good idea, Dog Girls in a Vineyard, and you replaced yeah. it with a horrible idea, Mormon cowboys. How? <laughs> yeah, it's about it's about Mormon. They're they're sort of cowboys, but they're actually uh, like like enforcers that go around and like inflict their punishment. More, they are Mormon vigilantes. Oh no! Yes, this this they're, was no. The they're actually Mormon hidden, inquisitors. Hidden history. This was the real history of police in the United States. Mormon inquisitor <laughs> slave. <laughs> In Trapper Slave. KKK guys, okay, and they would go around in Utah and in your vineyard yeah. with their dogs, and they'd beat you up if you disobeyed the Book of Mormon. That is where police come from, and it's actually a little-known <laughs> fact that George Floyd was trying to uh, free the United States and United States pro oh Protestantism from Mormonism. This is hidden history. I, so what the elites I don't want to know. Insane. I just want to talk about insane mechanics, and he's like, I'm going to talk about real-world political shit. Okay. L listen, man, <laughs> if you don't believe George Floyd was a saint, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. It just That just came to me in a fever, like a fever daydream, and, you know. Yeah. Well, it's not Utah. It's Deseret. That, that's, 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 some, that's the word in the Mormon language for Deseret. Yes, I know. Look, okay. Um, 
This is, by the way, this game is made by Vincent Baker. Do you know what else Vincent Baker made? Some, so uh, powered sure. by the Apocalypse hack or Sigmata. You're so close. You're so. It's actually very ironic that you said that. Vincent Baker made Apocalypse World. What's Apocalypse World? Do I oh want my to god, know? Jack! I did a review of it on this show. Oh really? Jack Jack blocked it out. <laughs> it's so gay and shitty. <laughs> yeah, it really is gay. No, it's the game that spawned powered by the apocalypse. Oh. It's called that because it's based off of the shitty engine from Apocalypse World. Oh, it was it was Patient Zero then. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Vincent Baker, before he made Apocalypse World, he made Dogs in the Vineyard. You know, you can read about the actual Patient Zero and the and the AIDS sort of cell form, and the the it's similarities oh between God. powered by the apocalypse and the actual AIDS epidemic are quite striking. Why do you keep trying to drive this back to black people? <laughs> that that was that was libtard faggots, not black people. Oh, it was. Yeah, most people oh. that were dying because like AIDS was like this thing in San Francisco. Like originally, oh, I thought it was some it was guy, some centered. black fucked a monkey or something. No, it, the the patient zero was a Norwegian who lived in Canada, who was a airplane oh. uh, steward or something, or he was like on a boat, and he had sex with like somebody in Africa. Yeah, like that one French guy who had like fourteen hundred children in Africa. Yeah, except like more different. Gay. Yeah, except he's actually improving the sub the the continent but whatever no no it was gay sex i don't oh. <laughs> <laughs> i just want to talk about mechanics from role-playing games yes, all right please. let's 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 do that all right so this real quick this vincent baker game the uh dogs in the vineyard you have four stats you have acuity heart body and will and uh interactions with people or the world around you has four stages and it's like words uh shoving or physical um punching or or no, no stabbing and then uh shooting and at each round you re you roll a number of dice that uh are is equal to two of your stats added together and each like specific uh stage has its a specific um pool of those two that you add together and then you you bet on them like I don't really I don't fully understand it because I don't fully get betting, but it's like you have to use terms like raise and see and check based on the dice that you're putting forward. And each dice is representative of a narrative action that your character is taking. And if the other person raises, then they can counter your narrative with a new twist. Or if they check, then it's a stalemate or something. And you get your dice pools back by escalating the conflict to the next level of severity. This sounds like a really, really, really it sounds like somebody was like, I want to make dice poker into a role playing <laughs> game. Poker. How do we do yeah, that? Yeah, pretty much. That is the worst idea I've ever heard. Yes. It'd be like, how do I use chess as a resolution mechanism in my role playing game? Right. And also there's fallout dice that you roll afterwards to see how severely you were affected by the things that happened during the conflict. I see. Uh, and those those changed based on the severity that you rise, you get up to in the conflict. And you're supposed to interpret them narratively um, based on how high you roll. That no, this just sounds no, stupid. I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to go on a I'm going to go on a little bit of a 
of of devil's advocate here like <clears throat> i do like na- uh, collective narrative building uh systems like everyone is john and those kinds of things because it is it is fun as kind of like a like a like a um coffee table type thing where you just kind of get around with with your buds and just make a crazy you know funny story that you know you can you can you can tell people about later but this sounds like it's overly complicated to me i mean the main problem with it is that it prescribes to the players the course that every single interaction will go through based on those levels of conflict that are laid out where you start off shouting then you start shoving or maybe even punching then you lead to stabbing and like attacking with melee weapons then you lead to shooting and if you don't have the right uh, combination of stats for that stage where you're under leveled, you are mechanically um, incentivized to escalate to the next level. And so, yeah, yeah it's like it, I'm not a big like fan. That. No, no, I'm not. I'm not a big fan. The very idea of it is just very hard to wrap my head around. This is probably the one that makes me go craziest. But <laughs> so anyway. That was a little aside. Let's get yeah. back to Asides what we aside, did in We got to ask, yeah, the, the traditional question. What'd you guys do in role-playing games this week? I mean, we all played in my well, game, so that's that's pretty obvious. Yep, we played in Mongoose's game. We had a uh, uh, session back after a while off, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might have I might have actually uh, done a LARP for 30 minutes this week. A LARP? What? I, I oh, LARPed as did... someone who cared about the American political process, and then I stopped. I was about to ask. <laughs> That's the did joke. You, did you vote? <laughs> no, I didn't. You guys are... We're, <laughs> we're not covering this. Like, let's no, I know. I, 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 that was but... just an aside joke. Like, come on, man. <sighs> <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, we played Among Us's, uh, uh role-playing game. Yeah. And um, that was very fun. exciting. We... Uh, I think I don't know what the Shakespearean term for this is, where you start with a wedding and you end with a wedding and everyone gets married. Fuck it. Uh, yeah, uh, it started with a wedding proposal and it ended with a, a, a wedding, wedding by combat. <laughs> wedding by trial by combat. <laughs> <laughs> proposal I, by combat. I love it. <laughs> I, I write. I write good settings, folks. I do. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. No, actually, Mongoose did several things that were really cool that I really liked. Um, he included a uh, a wandering fortune teller that uh, was really fun to interact with. It was a fun little character moment. It, you know, it's a good way to, to uh, drop uh, some some potential foreshadowing, not just foreshadowing, but foreshadowing that we were able to. And uh, and uh, I actively and kind of intentionally did misinterpret to like you know interpret it to the results of, or the actions that had just happened in that session it's like oh the prophecy's fulfilled so i was uh, foretold to get into a fight and uh, i just did for the for the trial by combat for marriage yeah that's that fulfilled and mongus is like oh you think that's fulfilled huh and i'm like no i honestly don't think that was what you had in mind <laughs> yeah but uh no that was a very fun session um i did have a bit of criticism though oh and that that was actually tied to the advice that I gave you before of creating random encounter tables to make your world feel more alive and lived in. And what did you do? <laughs> hey, guys, I'm uh, I'm going to roll on the random encounter table now. <laughs> oh, oh, get, get I actually got the one that you gave me, John. Oh, here, OK, let me describe the scene. 
Great, now all of the players know that this is not a real or organic part of your fucking world that it's a <laughs> it's a filler shit that you put in there and you didn't even come up with it and you told the players this why would you do that ladies and gentlemen a, a watch as the tiger john mauls and eviscerates mongoose in his storytelling <laughs> sorry yeah anyway he left the cage open yeah he left yes. the cage open suddenly john's out here I, growling the whole point was to make the world feel feel lived in and real and you said guys i'm rolling a random encounter that is the most artificial shit I have ever seen in game mastering. <laughs> uh, Defend yourself. Don't just stand there. <laughs> I, I, I don't have a defense. I did. I know right. what I did. Okay. <laughs> and I'm very, okay. sorry. <laughs> I'm very sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not going to apologize oh. for it. I just know what I did. <laughs> did you think that was a good idea? I'm so confused on that one. I, I don't know. It's just like, not taking that moment very seriously, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I just don't well, like, well, okay, whatever. Yeah. I just, I thought that was uh, John, so bizarre. I, I'm not a Spurg like you or the way you are. I, I that don't is nonsense. Have you have told me mongoose that you could look, for I could look at any barrel in your setting and see the stamp of the manufacturer, because that's how seriously you take detail and verisimilitude in your settings. Also, I'm going to do the random encounter table now. You guys know this doesn't matter. <laughs> well, so that's that's actually a very good point. Uh, I do think random encounters matter. The key is to write half of the things on your random encounter tables to matter, yeah. Yeah, they should matter, in fact, just because he they did. And it. how did the let me let me ask you guys this question. How did the party react to this random encounter? They ignored it. Yeah, no, because it wasn't fucking real. It wasn't a part of the world. I don't. I don't think. I don't think we ignored it. <laughs> yeah, we did. We just sailed right past it. The fortune teller in the city was a random encounter. Yeah, the fort. Yes, the fortune teller in the city was one. I'm not. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking I about the one where you announced that you were rolling on the random I, I encounter. Know, I know. I know. I'm. 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 I'm one for two. Okay, it's a fifty percent win rate. It's not bad. Okay, it can improve <laughs> yes. with time. <laughs> <laughs> yes okay i just right so if my advice would be random account I, I did i didn't know that the uh fortune teller was a random encounter that was a really well, good one however i would still advise you to stop asking high or low or announcing that you're rolling something like just let it flow and be a part of the i think maybe that's like a confidence thing like take confidence in the fact that you can introduce elements of the world and it's okay for the players to interact with them and walk past them you don't need to frame their expectations by saying oh this is a random encounter or oh i'm rolling or oh i rolled this result or something like that because it kind of undermines your own i don't know the fullness of your setting fair enough unless of course we do we do draw saddam hussein three times out of the card deck in which yeah, case that's that was the uh Talking about mechanics is a great way to kill immersion. That is true. And you did so much talking about cards. But we did talk about Saddam Hussein's spider hoe. <laughs> like, yes. you know, if Saddam Hussein had a spider yes. girl wife, she would be Saddam Hussein's spider hoe. Oh, are, are we doing this? That he lives with in Saddam Hussein's spider hole. <laughs> <laughs> right, the spider hoe in the spider hole. Yeah, no, I get. I'm fully on board with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's great. It's great. 
Except for Chitin. Do you want to explain why that came up at all? <laughs> because I'm using an Iraqi most wanted deck of playing cards and I mentioned it. Yes. <laughs> U.S. military issue Iraq's most wanted playing card deck. And, I got from uh, my uncle who yes. fought in Iraq. Yeah, I think that I did not actually go to Iraq for the public record. <laughs> right. But I think that might have distracted a little more from the game by introducing all of this, uh, these distractions and funny bits. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, if you're, if you're, if you like have a female in your life who asks for like a deck of tarot cards, they make reproductions of these and you can buy them. I would give her one of these and tell her that she can use it as a tarot deck and it's just as good. Because it is. Why would you, why would you continue associating with a woman who wants to mess with tarot? So Maybe is, you're so like is, is it, in her family or something. My Deepu. my only question is is Saddam Hussein sword, swords or pentacles? I don't know. He's the ace of spades in this deck. So I think that's pentacles actually. And you know what his ace in the hole is? His spider hoe. Uh, well, the spade was actually originally the sword. Uh, like it was a weapon. It was referring uh, to like weapons. I thought, I thought it was clubs that was the swords. Yeah, the round the round one is the sword. Yeah, okay, Jack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, the club that really has that no really points. puts an entirely new meaning to swords to plowshares, now doesn't it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yes. Otherwise, I think your game is going great, Mongoose. Thank you. Thank you. I try my best. But uh yeah, most that was just time. my one advice is uh, stop focusing so much on the meta stuff. I mean, that just I think that you're sat, you're shooting your own like immersion in the foot. Yes, that's, my, that's my advice. If, if we don't do the designated amount of meta stuff, Buster will literally shrivel up and die. <laughs> okay. Like, and and I, then we'd be responsible for a homicide. And mm, this I makes you really sound like court. you're just a tard wrangler. <laughs> <laughs> I throw in the shiny stuff to keep him satisfied. All right. <laughs> well, hey, oh as, a, as a DM, sometimes you have to do that, though. Yeah, I, I was about uh. to say that's all a DM is. At the end of the day, is he's, a, he's, he's wrangling tards okay. through his world and story. <laughs> all right. Well, then, I don't know. Maybe that's a future topic, like how to balance uh, entertaining the tard and like breaking the immersion for the in-character guy. I don't know. That is actually a very, very good topic because that is the, I think, the defining conflict of role-playing games is how do you balance it for the guy who's like i want to i want to like shoot some things and i also want to like have some funny moments and how do you balance it for the person who expects like a good story because it's very difficult to have everyone on the same page when it comes to those things just because yeah you can't always yeah. control who's in the party so how do you actually walk that tightrope that's a good that's a good idea we'll talk about that in the future yeah all right um Let's move on. Oh, did anybody else do anything in traditional gaming, though? Uh, oh, I, I did, I guess. But I'll let you guys go first. I I haven't really done anything. I should be painting miniatures. Yeah. But I, I've put it off. <laughs> I read a little bit gotcha. with Always With Honor. Reading's a traditional game, right? Uh, what is that book about? It's about a guy named uh, Wrangel. He was a uh, white... Uh, he was a white Russian... Off, uh, cavalry officer in the uh, Russian Civil War. I mean, maybe if this is like period research, but that's really stretching it. Pretty cool guy, actually. He threw he threw a commie <laughs> off of a train because he was uh he was smoozing with a with a woman very unprofessionally. Mm. Oh, like, okay. 
like like right in the heart of like St. Petersburg, like during during the whole like reds versus white stuff, he was he was he was on a train and he literally just like threw this guy off of it because he was uh because the guy was like being un- unprofessional with a woman. It was pretty pretty That's that's quite the extreme uh <laughs> discipline method. Yeah, well, you know. It's a pretty cool dude. All right. Yeah, fair enough. I mean it's communism. It's a communist, so yeah, Why exactly. Not? What do you expect? You know, gotcha. that reminds me. That reminds me of an old saying uh, somebody in our milieu once said. Uh, just the general World War One topic reminds me of something somebody in our milieu said. You guys know about Ryan Landry? Yeah, mm, I remember him. Yeah. I think I think he's outside in this, or is that somebody else? No, no, that is that is somebody else. Ryan oh, Landry okay. is uh, was a very, very, in, or, well, he still is. Uh, he's not dead. He's still around. He uh, he actually edits The American Sun. Uh, he's the guy who writes oh, the Five okay. Friday Reads, and that's his Twitter, if you know about them. Uh, very smart guy. Very big tent guy. Friendly to everybody. I've never had any personal problems with him. I mean, I don't really. Okay, okay your recommendation is noted. A- anyway, <laughs> I, li- I like this guy, but he, uh, he had... Um, he used to talk a lot about the First World War on his old blog, uh, 28 Sherman. And one of his favorite things to say was uh, that the actual Civil War was more steampunk than steampunk renditions of it. And he just mm. like posts pictures of things that like actually were pretty legit steampunk, like German uh, warfighters who had these like crudely manufactured like plate metal body armor with like goggles on. And they had these, like, bolt-action rifles that were all bulky because they had, like, shit dangling off of them and stuff. And they they, they, they looked like uh, retro-futurist Victorian warriors. Just like you get in your steampunk. And it, it just, you know, thinking about World War One always reminds me of how much I personally hate steampunk. Because I do. <laughs> I hate it as, like, a genre. I hate it as an aesthetic. Um, Yeah. I hate it. So, so would 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 it be out of line for me to ask why exactly, or is that no? I was I was I was hoping all? someone was going to ask me why. <laughs> okay, well, I don't. So 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 why exactly? I'm I'm curious. Well, it's it's vacuous in my opinion. It's it's, I mean, modern steampunk in and of itself is sort of form over function. So it is the adoption of a uh, of an art style and sort of an aesthetic sensibility over anything else. And you have these people who have no idea about, like, speculative engineering or engineering in general being like, well, it'll look really cool if I do some speculative historical, essentially scientific development revisionism and just slap some pipes on everything, make it copper colored, pretend it's like made out of brass because that's what you make components in a steam system with brass. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then I'm going to, like, talk about like uh the victorian age but in a really like it's always the same shit of like man the upper class is really mean to poor people in london it's like is that like the only thing that was happening in like the 1860s to you fucking people (laughs) yes (laughs) i mean i mean i mean for them legitimately yeah also asylums but that's that's an example of how the upper class was being to lower class people. Right, right. Like they'll they'll just bring up some some like really really bad like historic historiographic like materialist socialist critique of like something that happened in 1870 
and just like pretend it's extremely deep storytelling when like the the actual level of sort of social technology and social organization that existed in the 19th century was like leagues beyond anything we have now so like they're just like projecting this very banal like one-sided and it's always kind of been like that it's either like aesthetic fetishism which i loathe uh because there's no substance to that and the or it's like inch deep themes attached to aesthetic fetishism which is also bad uh sometimes a more deep steampunk writer will go and uh actually use their steampunk to go through the um uh the actual sort of normal liberal shibboleths where they will go ah i i i don't like eugenics and they were talking about that back then and it's bad but you guys know that eugenics is bad i hate it what was what, what was that one what was that one quote from the chapo trap house guys the phrenology guy it's like uh oh uh, yes yeah. I'm, oh. I'm a I'm a scientist with phrenology. Yeah. Oh, that's I, you're I, referring to. I still need to go through. I I, I don't even think I can go I, through that. I I, I tried oh, yeah, to listen the, the to Chapo it. Trap House live play. Yeah. Let's yeah, okay. So play. yes, um, Buster uh, Bustard, our good buddy, linked us to the Chapo Fag House guys, uh, who are playing a Call of Cthulhu game Chapo while Brap doing House. like the snarky shit eating grin. haha, Look how dumb these 1920s people are because they don't have our modern political sensibilities. Jo- John, you you forgot the best part. One of them's like, I brought a plushie of Lovecraft's cat. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I I'm know. sure that's not an accurate. Like, so I don't, cringe. I don't know anything about these people. I know their their subreddit before it got deleted was absolutely hilarious to look through for like really bad cringe posts of people talking. I love about how the they're ones get... where it's like, um, can we stop using small dick energy, please? Because some of us actually have small penises. That 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 was a different subreddit. That was r slash small penis problems, which is another hilarious <laughs> subreddit for like, okay cringe mining sorry i get them confused i got them confused with the chapo, Cha- chapo trap, house. trap house is like is like different like different autistic trannies arguing over like their autistic tranny issues and essentially it all boils down to what is the easiest way to get free hrt after the revolution right okay. and it's it's basically everyone like let's let's tie it back to uh steampunk and uh well you know who really likes steampunk um, trannies don't be a tranny well, be like me <laughs> <laughs> well so right so so that that live play like i i tried watching it i honestly honestly tried watching it i fell asleep halfway through actually uh because i'm oh, you got fr- I, I watched you it like, further than i did i i watched the like 12 minutes in and i was like this is dumb that's that's pretty <laughs> got, much all yeah. you need to watch honestly it's i i got 10 minutes in i'm like i this is th- this is what i said to buster i was like i hate this it's bad but it's not like funny it's not funny bad it's not like haha look at these gays it's, it's just like the most boring passively gay that you could imagine well, it's I, just it's here i thought these guys were supposed to be edgy yeah they're not edgy no well, i'll explain to you why it's bad because it's bad comedy because yeah. at bad anything else is actually just comedy but bad comedy is nothing it's it's the most horrific right. example yes. of anything ever made right it's like you've got like things like the room that you can pull clips out of like i did not kill him i did not i did not do it oh hi mark right like that yeah, that's yeah that could be funny tommy Wiseau is a bad actor and it's it, it's funny right like there are things that are just like you know who killed captain alex it's 
objectively bad, but the Ugandans that make it are really energetic, so it's kind of funny to watch, you know? <laughs> right, it's, it's earnest. At least it's earnest in its badness. This is like shit-eating unfunniness. Well, they're trying to be funny, and that's why it's bad. Yeah. Because anyway. if you're if you're trying to be funny and you're not, it's just bad. No, I guess because um, there's like it can't be anything else. I would say as far as steampunk goes, I haven't consumed that much steampunk content. I did watch the Wild Wild West with. Um, oh, best oh, movie, best movie of the 20th century. Honestly. It was it was pretty dumb, but it wasn't like that offensive. It's like, OK, God, whatever. God put Will Smith on this. earth. That's his name. Yeah. Yeah, Will Smith. God put Will Smith on the earth specifically to play to to play that role in that movie. I am convinced. Uh, okay. I did like the fact that the black man is like trying to run away from the white man's death machine with a slave collar on his neck. That was pretty funny. That was but, uh, absolutely well it wasn't it wasn't just a slave collar either. It looked like it was a magnet. A, it yeah. Looked, yeah, it it looked like a one of those fucking necklaces from South Africa too. Oh yeah, they necklaced him. Oh my god, the white <laughs> the white business inventor man necklaced a black him, man. <laughs> him, him and his Jewish compatriot, yeah. Also, can can I just stop and note the level of technology involved when a white man necklaces a black man? He uses like magnets and flying <laughs> saw blades. When a black man necklaces anybody, it's just like a tire with gasoline. Like yeah. it's and the and the black man didn't even make the tire. Like it's very clear which necklacing is superior. Okay, it's uh, <laughs> very yeah. clear which 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 is the yes. superior necklace. I mean, honestly, yes. I'd rather I'd rather be like giving like a gold necklace to a monster girl waifu than any of this like fighting crap that'd be a far superior option so anyway um aside from wild wild <laughs> west i have read a book that was absolutely atrocious it was a free like one of those free deals like free ebooks for amazon or something and it was like by a woman author and it was about this woman in a steampunk world who like fixes a corrupt government by threatening to do monetary fraud using like printing press fake printing presses with the 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 image or whatever of the money of the realm and they just give up and give her all the things that this woman is entitled to because of that that's like the and why don't you just yeah. go kill her you're the government i don't know because she goes <laughs> to meet the government she went to meet the government without any guards or protection you know what, you know what problem we're not gonna have in 1910 inflation because we're just gonna kill the counterfeiters. We're just gonna kill them. <laughs> we're just, we're, we're just, just gonna, gonna kill them. 18, 1880 yeah, exactly. Sam Hyde. Like you know what problems we're not gonna have in 1917. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Counterfeiting no, so and speakeasies. Because we're just gonna the worst, kill. Them. <laughs> <laughs> the worst part is though, this came out of nowhere. This was a last minute ass pull. Deus ex machina was was counterfeit money. That was the that was the way that she solved. This plot, and it came out of nowhere 80% of the way through the story. I I was like, this is retarded. But <laughs> so, so Wild Wild West, that, and then the other one is um, The Order 1884, which I never played because I don't have a uh, PlayStation, and these retards made it console exclusive. Um, but I have watched some Let's Plays because I was doing, like, you know, I was, I was trying to get in the mood for, like, that kind of uh, pseudo, it's close enough to World War One, and it has fantasy elements, and I, it actually seems like a pretty cool aesthetic um, I think this actually ties back Mongoose into the whole conversation that we've had before where 
Jack and I are just kind of not offended by content that's just fun. And you seem <laughs> so butthurt about fun. I hate I, fun. That's that's true. Yeah. Um my yes. uh my North Germanic sensibilities preclude me from having fun. Right. And <laughs> letting other people have fun. I love I love ruining fun. Yeah. That is I I but I don't have fun when I do it. It's a sacred duty to God. Right. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm angry when I'm doing what I love most, which is stopping fun. I get it, I get it. Um but it's, yeah, like it's, it's a this is like combat pure rage. I'm, I'm, I'm actually highly confused, but keep going. <laughs> this is like how like he hates combats and role playing games, and I'm with you. I'm like combat can be fun from every now and then. It doesn't have like just because it's like a dumb thing that you do every once in a while. Like it doesn't mean it's evil. Um, steampunk, yeah, it's a it's a vacuous aesthetic, uh, but it can be cool and fun, and that's okay. I don't know. Yeah. I, the other thing I'll note about that woman writing that fiction is. When women write, and, and when spiritual women write, like, genre fiction, yeah. like fantasy or steampunk or sci-fi, it generally isn't any of those things. It's borrowing the trappings of that thing to tell a very conventional, oh, yeah, like, either yeah, yeah. soap opera type drama story or an interpersonal drama story like a soap opera. And it generally is just the good, the or not the good, the bad, and the ugly, the young and the restless, sorry, uh, reskin. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you no, reskin the good, the bad, and the ugly, and like whatever, it probably would be a good story because that's just a good fucking story. But I know. mean, obviously, the message is don't consume content created by women. We all know I hate women. Well, yes, spiritual women all. as well. Like you have to. Yes, you have to make that because there are a lot of like just being a just having a Y chromosome does not inherently make you a good writer. <laughs> no, no. Yes, obviously. But uh, yeah, that, that goes without saying. I, I will I will say, though, John, if you are looking for for a good steampunk uh, game, uh, I remember playing Crimson Skies. Have you ever played Crimson Skies? Oh, OK. No, that's actually one thing I wanted to get into. St oh, okay. uh, Crimson Skies is not steampunk. It is diesel punk. And I'm sure oh. that the uh, the comment section is already full of uh, why are you talking about steampunk? Diesel punk is better. Yeah, I know. I prefer diesel punk to steampunk. I am aware I love yes, Crimson Skies is amazing. I love that game as a kid. I love the world building in it. That was great. Um, Diesel Punk, uh, the aesthetic is is way cooler than Steampunk, sure, because it does it does focus like somewhat more on function. It's not just like in fact the form is actually oftentimes kind of like dropped by the wayside. You don't have that Art Deco beauty stuff, you know? Yeah, the Art Deco beauty. I was about to say that's uh that's that's, that's part of why I really like you know the genre in general. i mean it's hard to say because like art deco is like 1920s i think right and then yeah, diesel like, punk is like 1930s and then steampunk is like 1900 and earlier if you so if you, if you ever visited the hoover dam like all that is art yeah. Deco. or if you played bioshock like bioshock yes, is great yes. um i don't even know what that people call it atom punk i don't know what that class it's got the art deco which i love the art deco style um, and I get, I can just hear Mongoose's simmering rage because we're talking <laughs> about an aesthetic that we enjoy. I like the Art Deco aesthetic. I'd build my house with a uh, with an, with Art Deco style if I had like the money to. Oh, but that's 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 form over function, Mongoose. But it's a house. Not necessarily. Uh, I mean, a lot of Art Deco isn't exactly functional. It just looks nice. Yeah, but it looks well, nice, I but, mean, it, but you, it also have, holds things up and stuff. Yeah. You have like okay. paintings around and such in your house and like such. underwater, underwater, uh, uh, libertarian havens for hamsters. I hate Bioshock. 
as well, but for oh. but for ideological see, see, reasons. I knew it. I knew he was simmering. I knew it. <laughs> I hate Bioshock for ideological reasons. I don't hate it for like uh, aesthetic reasons. Oh, dude, Bioshock is the greatest own against libertarians. It's like here's what happens to your fucking underground convention, faggots. It falls apart because <laughs> people no, are people. No, the greatest own against libertarians is graduating high school and being an adult. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need a game made by libtards to tell me that being a libertarian is stupid. <laughs> I have a high school diploma to do that. Yes, you're you're very convincing to the people who. Oh, uh, whatever. Anyway, oh, yeah, I know. I'm, um, I'm... Yeah, I don't know. I think this boils down to mongoose hates fun. Uh, news at eleven. <laughs> yes. The only fun you can have is um, with monster girls or Jesus, preferably both. <laughs> But you can't have fun doing either of them. You have to be miserable. That's why Yandarian Lutheranism. <laughs> Lutherans are plenty of fun. We have German cultural festivals where we drink beer. Every Reformation I mean, if day. you are any indication, I don't know, man. <laughs> you I just like said you're anti-fun. <laughs> As a joke. Uh -huh. I mean, I mean are, aren't we all? Obviously. I, I wouldn't be doing an entertainment podcast if I hated fun. <laughs> Like obviously, oh, like I thought core... this was like your cry for help. <laughs> no, 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 the core, the core, like message here is like we're critiquing things and giving our thoughts on things as like advice for how people can build their own fun mm. in wholesome and good ways, right? Like that's kind of the, okay. So the... how can people do steampunk better? How can they do it right by you? I, I, I honestly think that if you like, because steampunk essentially defines itself by an aesthetic. The only thing you'd have to do to make it good would just be to tell a worthwhile story in the aesthetic. Yes. Because it doesn't really yeah. have themes. Uh, I mean, some people will screech about, it needs to be punk if it's not about greasy orphans fighting capitalism in London. Oh, it's yeah. not steampunk. It's like, yeah, but that's completely vacuous and masturbatory. I think the best piece of steampunk fiction I've ever interacted with was actually a retelling of World War One where the mm. German and Austro-Hungarian empires were like hyper-advanced mechanical empires. And oh, England shit. and Russia yeah. were, uh, were, they used like gene splicing to make like right. giant living airships with whales and stuff. It was really like, it had a lot of very good, I guess. What like, was the name of that? Do you remember? Uh, Leviathan. Was yes. the whole, somebody was somebody on TG Biden. was actually posting a thread of art from that, and I was like, "What the fuck? I never heard of this, and it's amazing." I, I, so, so it does have this kind of dumb like girl power thing because the main character is this oh, English they girl didn't say, who they didn't infiltrates that. The, no. the, the, the army, and then she oh. like falls in love with an estranged Austro-Hungarian prince who ran away from his family, and they're oh. like friends on the airship. Okay. And they they fall in love. It's it's kind of corny, but the the entire world around it and the themes they go through about the combat and all the stuff and it's it's very interesting and it it sort of plays with this metaphysical theme of like nature versus technology cuz like essentially yeah. England and Russia and France have essentially become uh have essentially weaponized nature. But right. the, the thing that I don't think the author particularly got was that ultimately it was just too it was an ideological infight between technology. But it was still very fascinating and dealt with very interesting themes insofar as it had themes. And it was I mean, the it, it's one of those things where like the world and the, the meta story about the world is actually better than the. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the story told in the world. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that there were that I read when I was a kid and I really liked. It. I thought it was good. The other book I read as a kid I thought was kind of mediocre, but decent was a 
story about this kid who was born on an airship and lived in an airship like doing airship stuff hmm. kind of weird no, okay it was it was interesting uh they but uh yeah steampunk if you wanted to tell a good steampunk story i think all you have to do is just look at things people were actually using in world war one and like just kind of take inspiration from there and use that kind of technology and that sort of interaction with the world um to i guess tell a good story with actual interesting themes and, and that actually deals with something that's sort of relevant to the human condition and isn't as sort of venal and banal and sort of asshole worshiping as anti-capitalism in london or like and that's kind of like a, i guess a straw man of what steampunk is but it's damn near close well steam steampunk is a i don't want to say genre but it's it's a setting and it's in a setting and a group of aesthetics and um like with anything and everything actually your your story should not be the setting Settings are good to have and you need to have it. You need to think it out well. And um, certain like specific uh, aesthetics are like shortcuts for settings. And if you're going to use a shortcut, you still need to think it out. You, you cannot just rely on the shortcut because then you wind up with stupid stuff like uh, goggles with gears blocking the lenses for some fucking reason. If you, because it's like all yeah, you have is the, is the aesthetic. I, I think the good way to think about it first is... You need to start with good characters first and then give them an interesting world to inhabit and allow the interplay between the characters and each other and the characters in the world to really sort of elevate the story. And if the aesthetic way you do that is steampunk, then it'll be fine. But otherwise... Just well, okay. It. Let me let's give some actual example that's like relevant to steampunk. So steampunk is about like the changing of technology. Like everything has been, uh, you know, fairly stagnant or slow growth from like the Renaissance, you know, mid middle uh, ages to the Renaissance it's, it's to a, to it's the, about industrial the industrial revolution. revolution. Steampunk, yeah. Yes, steampunk is inherently about the changing of technology, the changing of social classes, the uh, new opportunities the upheaval of of previous ones it is and steampunk is generally about what if the steam power technology had gone further and that kind of a story can lead into what sort of upheavals would there have been that would have even outclassed what happened in reality and we can see in reality what happens when those old world techn uh, social technologies or the social thought patterns run into new technology in world war one where you had like 5,000 men being killed in a single attack wave because they rushed a machine gun. Yes. I mean, like, you know, you can see that what happens when these people aren't thinking things through. However, you can also see that the people who do think these opportunities through are then they're the ones moving and shaking and changing the world. Well, th and that's that's why you can almost interpret the First World War as the as I guess the greatest steampunk narrative of all time, because it's that uh, introduction of technology that ultimately killed that old, yeah. the old European aristocracy and ended the old order through industrial power. Right. Or that's a way of reading it. Yeah, and diesel punk is often it's the same way. It's just accelerating, it's front loading technological acceleration to like the nineteen thirties and exploring what kind of an influence that would have had back then. I, I also don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but like everything is still steam powered. It's just how you generate the heat that changes. Yeah, with... <laughs> yeah like that one image. Uh man learns how to split atom, uses it to heat water. 
Yeah, well, that's because all, all power plants are essentially, every yeah. single power plant essentially is, we have a turbine that uses the yep. expansion of pressurized steam to generate electricity. How you make steam that's under pressure is a question of how you get heat. How you get heat is a question of what you the use your source. heat source. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's yeah, no, natural. I... <laughs> All right, dude, you know what we're going to do? Natural gas punk. <laughs> it's gonna I mean, be that, like you joke but there's fucking solar punk dude well see that's the thing is like that actually is retarded because yes yes it is solar panels... solar punk no solar punk is like fucking rich white kids who think that like the solar roadways were killed by evil gas companies yes <laughs> not not by the logistical and sort of material and mechanical oh, yeah. and chemical complexity of a solar panel which makes it industrially prohibitive yes. and the fact that they degrade after like 20 years by the way they don't last forever so, so they're there uh, this get thrown gets thrown around in our thing a lot um that solar panels are catabolic and and yes. i i i will take my relevant credentials that my other co-hosts know i have but i'm not going to reveal for the audience for opsec reasons and i will certify that take and don't mention them okay <laughs> don't mention them <laughs> go on keep going and by relevant credentials, I I knew a guy who used to actually uh, be a principal chemist at a solar panel manufacturing plant. And well, it's I, like I, the whole problem with ethanol fuel. You that is not fuel positive or energy positive. You have to pour energy into it, and the only reason that it even exists is because of retarded government incentives. Well, if you if you um sort of take the uh, I guess um enthalpic or uh, thermodynamic uh, system and you expand it temporally gasoline is not in theory energy efficient right it's just like how do we take something we have corn and how do we turn it into something that's like compatible with our fuel or for our, for our existing tech well right but ideally we just stop growing that much corn right ideally yes that would be the case because then you have high fructose corn syrup and everything and right yeah. corn i mean they're is evil is, is yes coal is coal punk a thing i think that is already steampunk because yeah because steampunk the the aesthetic is always it's it's sort of based around like the steam engine steam which has a lot of gears yeah, boilers. And, and it's got a boiler right oh, that's okay. powered by coal i see um, i see okay and so the the sort of central and, and i guess unspoken conceit of steampunk <laughs> is that everything is coal powered mongoose well, so i want flame elemental punk flame elemental girls punk Actually, that's Eberron. <laughs> that's that's actually that's literally Eberron. They use they use uh, uh flame <laughs> elementals. They, they actually use elementals to power all their shit. So you have like eco terrorists that are like destroying the technology. They're luddites to free the flame girl waifus. <laughs> now, now I'm just imagining like Borzoi attacking a power plant. Not not because he's like a luddite, but because he wants the waifu trapped he wants within. Wants the flame waifu, yeah. The fire waifu, the forbidden that's, waifu. That's that's actually how terrorist organizations in Eberron uh, uh, do things. They 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 free the elemental, and then the elemental goes on a rampage and like destroys right. shit. Right. Yeah, and she's a yandere, and you just need the yandere tamer to capture her. Yeah. Okay. In is this universe's version of like the graph, just like a sexy picture of an elemental that they used to radicalize people. <laughs> like, <laughs> there, there's our episode art. <laughs> Saddam Hussein Spider-Ho. Oh, I know exactly what I'm doing for an episode art. I'm, oh, and no. this is going to go forward to helping convince our audience that the, <laughs> that the lie at the start, that the whole thing is about monster girls is actually true. <laughs> <laughs> 
Shout out okay. to Albino Avian if he made it this far. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so speaking of uh, things that are fun and Mongoose hates, uh, yes. and and also things that I did this week, um, I'm going to be uh, starting up a role playing game based, and uh, I am taking I'm taking an aesthetic that I enjoy and think is fun, and I'm going to be playing in it, uh, playing a game in it. <laughs> and that game is uh i'm gonna be running a cyberpunk fantasy game like basically um Shadowrun is to tumblr as my game is to anime if you remember those uh sat questions that like did the comparisons yeah, yeah so so basically those. what john yeah. is saying is yeah. he's going to beat cd project red on the release of a um, cyberpunk game <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true actually no the rules are actually completely finished um i'm gonna post them here uh shortly in the uh in the server but uh yeah the um i'm going i wanted to run a game i i like don't like not running a game i really enjoy running games actually and also i want the practice and also um i wanted to test out my uh my rule system that i was making for the world war one game which i'm still doing that i'm not dropping that by any stretch of the imagination but I wanted to test out the core resolution mechanic from it, and so I very quickly reflavored everything to fit with a cyberpunk fantasy game. And so it's going to be, uh, you know, like a, a mega city, a dystopian mega city where corporations uh, have most of the power, and then there's like the remnants of the government just still doing their functions, but also trying to hoard uh, power and claim territory for themselves, like like San Francisco. No, I'm having a militarized mail company, mail delivery company. <laughs> you can fight your mailman. <laughs> oh, I, oh. Uh, I thought it was going to be a Ted No, Kuczynski it's a siege bit. build. God damn it. What podcast am I on? What's <laughs> happening? How did we forget fight your mailman? That's a core tenant here. No, yeah, I, but like I, I, if the I mailman's remember. delivering like a bomb to university, he's actually based because then he's helping Ted Kaczynski, right? Like that's another Where, meme. There's no you. Okay. <laughs> anyway um these are all just memes yeah. by the way we do not actually mean any harm Mongoose. to be damn it <laughs> yeah but uh no i had a couple of really cool ideas like i've just been i've just been as i'm as i'm working and like carrying bricks up four scaffolds like 25 feet in the air uh and i'm afraid of heights by the way so this has been terrible i'll just have these ideas come to me and i'll just write them down i'm like oh this is a great idea for the setting so like imagine these uh giant walker robots these drones right and their whole purpose is to disassemble wreckage or like collapsed buildings, derelict buildings, and then take the raw materials and reprocess them and build new things. And what if there was a class of people that escorted and protected these drones around to make sure that nobody attacked them to steal the electronics within them? And then I'm like, this is this is like sci-fi cowboys, right? Like they could have those little robo dogs with the turrets on their back from the division two. And they could like actually like escort uh, herds of these drones around and they would graze on like wreckage and like, you know, they would take them off to the market or whatever, where they rebuild, uh, you know, they build themselves into a new vehicle or a new house or something. And so I'm like, cool. That's wild, man. This sounds very anime. Yes, 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 yes. I, well, I did say it was anime. Yeah. And that is the goal. Yes, I want us to be anime. Um, and so then, of course, you've got the um, city's janitorial AI because, you know, in the, in the, far, the far future or whatever, this isn't even like necessarily attached to Earth, but uh, in the far future, they, they didn't want to actually like force people to clean or anything. So you had a citywide AI that was in charge of like cleaning up streets and garbage and everything. And obviously they had a bunch of robots, which they styled as maids, right? 
And so then you have the AI goes rogue. And so you have a hive, not, not necessarily rogue, but it goes beyond it's like programmed limitations. And so it starts like making deals and becoming its own faction and trying to like preemptively stop littering by any means necessary. So you've got like Wait. a hive mind of made robots. Wait, so, so what you're telling me is that I can play made in your, in your setting. Absolutely. But, but yes. I have to be a robot. Well, no, you could be a normal maid too. That's fine. But but how does the AI control me then? Well, think about it. It'd be making deals with you. You could be an agent. You could be one of its uh, operatives. I could be a maid as long agent. as you're dedicated to cleaning up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it would in interact a, with a, you. A cute little maid outfit, and then like like some some MIB shades. Dude, right. just, just yes. play like a just play like a cereal litterer. Just throw it down in front of the robot. Just scream, <laughs> clean it up, Jenny. Clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> Is that is that what like meth addicts in your setting are like? Is just anon shit posters? Like they just throw junk in the streets and just scream literal, at the robots? Literal shit posters. They post literal shit. shit in the oh street. god. Uh, yeah. No, there there up, is Jenny, actual clean it up. <laughs> yeah. They the maids they do it for free. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't admit this, but the name of the AI is the Janitorial Artificial Neural Intelligence System, aka Janus. Ah. Clean it up, Janus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. also it's j-a-n-i-s so it could be Janny's. <laughs> Janny Janny's. There you go. <laughs> no i actually came up with a whole bunch of backronyms for all kinds of things and then i like made them into like like those drones i was talking about it's their construction operations and wreckage salvage i don't i can't Cowans? construction operations and wreckage salvage curse Counts? c o w s <laughs> Oh, cows. cows. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so the guys, the, the guys <laughs> watched them are cowboys. Cause <laughs> oh, I guess. Also, okay. also, there's going to be a uh, criminal organization of cowgirls called the Mufia, which uh, has a, a stranglehold on dairy production. Okay, that, that makes, okay. You can't. That's, that that's so there. obvious. It's, it's bad. That's uh, way too much. All right. Too much. That, that, I had that in the experimental section. I wasn't sure okay. if I was going to add that or not. Well, thank God. Yeah. You, you need to right. throw it away. All right, fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with, with like, uh, a cowgirl, like, lactose, like, stranglehold, but calling it the Mufia. Oh, come, come on, on bro. Oh, bro. <laughs> That uh, a that's, that's a that's far. a pun too far. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Most of my world building has been based on puns and backronyms so far. <laughs> yeah. No, but actually, okay. So I I will say that uh, my jokes aside, um, this has actually been a really cool experience because I've already got uh, two of the guys from our server uh, in there, and I told them I want to do this as a collaborative world building experience, which is very new to me. I have never done that. We've talked about it on the show before. But I've never done that. And so they're asking me these questions and I'm just turning it back on them. Like they're like, well, what kind of character can I play? And I said, no, no, no. You come up with a cool character that fits in an anime cyberpunk fantasy dystopia and you come up with the context around that character. And that by doing that, you are making a part of the setting. Can I play Will Smith? Dude, there's no black people in this. Come on. Oh, OK, good point. He plays Sorry. an orc. <laughs> No, yeah, there are orcs, right? You can play oh, okay. as an, uh, yeah, you so can play, play as orc Smith. Will Smith, yeah, right, yeah, 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 absolutely, sweet. Yeah, no, there are going to be fantasy uh, races. Obviously, orcs are blacks. Also, um, I was thinking of doing goblins and elves as Jews, but it's like the two opposite sides. Like you got the Hollywood Jews and like the money, like the mark, the the banker Jews. You know, mm. I don't know. 
I was, I've been thinking about that still. Elves, I'm not sure if I want to. Elves hmm? need to be Ubermensch uh, Aryans, though. No, that I feel like that's already too explored. And the idea of them in cyberpunk, I really want to lean into the whole like they control the media and like the entertainment and they're like the propped up, like artificially inflated celebrities kind of stuff that give you like your opinions of what you're supposed to think on things. So it's like, yeah, it's pretty obvious who they're, they're an analog for. Hmm. Uh, hmm. White women. That are used on the TV. Yes. Right. The because Jews of, of the gender. Yeah. Well, no, it's like the people that write the uh, that write the the TV stuff and they up until very recently, they, they weren't always the actors. Um, they'd use attractive looking like Gentiles for that. At least. Oh, yeah. You're talking about actor. Yeah. I mean, sure. But this is a this is a core. Like, look at the I course mean, of I, history. I, I feel like I think it might be more interesting to explore elves as like people that have essentially been dislocated due to like technology and such and they've um they've essentially just been like uh that they they're a dying race like in tolkien but there's nowhere for them to go like the the like realms on the at the edge of the map in tolkien that are like elf heaven or whatever there's nowhere for the elves to go right they're, i mean hasn't like, that story already been done it's called lord of the rings well you could you could explore it within the context of like technology and mass society and how that interacts with it i don't know that's that'd be an interesting take i mean but it's up to you i mean you you'd just be creating a race of like pretty neats though which which is exactly what neats are but no they're not pretty no you, <laughs> i mean it, this whole idea of like elves as purposeless mopey losers who don't have a place in society like what i don't know is that interesting how what would you do that would be interesting with that well it, almost like where are they in the underclass what do they do to subsist how do they subsist and and how do they internally conceive of themselves would be an interesting question i guess i don't know that's that's just my thought though I, your your idea is fine too you could have you could split it up to say like a lot of the i don't know i don't yeah. know i'll think about that yeah but uh, no, yeah, I'm I'm really excited about that. That's going to be really interesting. It's going to be a great uh, improv opportunity. And uh, obviously, we'll be keeping you guys uh, informed on how that goes. So uh, make sure you check in, uh, check in on the blog and uh, on our following episodes. Speaking of, of that, if you are listening to this, uh, you are probably listening to it on our blog or the or on the website of Exodus Americanus, wonderful people who have happened to host us. But if you are listening to it, or if you are listening to us on Exodus Americanus, I do recommend you come over to littlewars.home.blog, linked in the episode description. You can check out whatever we're working on there, although it is somewhat sparsely updated. We're hoping to get more things out there in the near future. Fingers crossed. Uh, and that's you should normally... just stop promising already. Come on. I have a draft <laughs> of something that's being edited. Something. Oh big yeah, that's and right. Important. That's something to look forward to, absolutely. Yes, yes. So, you know, stand by and stay ready, I guess, and uh, yeah. stay safe. Yes, happy gaming. <laughs> See you next week. See ya! Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of Little Wars. For more traditional gaming autism, head over to littlewars.home.blog. That's littlewars, all together, no spaces, .home.blog. Have a great week and many epic gamer moments. That first
Thank you.